This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. On the show today, you'll find out where book publishing is going and how to take advantage of it. How to identify and avoid publishing predators. What opportunities are emerging as the book trade evolves in new forms. How to avoid losing money and much, much more. Join us now as a variety of publishing pros will deliver insights and strategies to take the author to the next, next level of publishing. It's your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Brought to you by Author You and The Book Shepherd. And now, here's your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Well, as we move into Passover, for many of you who celebrate that, we want to wish you happy Passover. Um, And we have Easter right around the corner. And here in Colorado, it's snowing, but we're expecting 75 degrees on Easter Sunday. So we're looking forward to that and having outdoor brunch and everything. But here's what we're going to be talking about today. Besides the celebrations that we all come with spring, I think it's time to look at your own springing and how do you label yourself as an expert? Should you label yourself as an expert? I think that's important to to look at. And even if you're a fiction author, can you be an expert? Well, with me is one of my favorite experts, the publicity hound Joan Stewart, And no one, I think, knows any better on how to do that branding, that positioning, that repositioning, that transition that gets the attention of not only the media, but just everyone out there. So Joan is with us today. Hi, Joan. How are you? Hi, Judith. Hi, everybody. It's great to be here again. And, and and I think it's it's really the perfect thing to talk about in spring because people have come out of the winter, although it still feels like winter out there. It's cold. But they're getting ready to start planting flowers, although that's also too soon here, at least in Colorado. Yeah, here to, too in Wisconsin, although I get to say, <laughs> and I don't get to say this often in uh-huh. April, it's a beautiful, warm day here, <laughs> but it's going to get ugly in a day or two, so I'm enjoying it while it lasts. Well, yeah, do enjoy it, but 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 the thing is, what should we be doing? So let's talk about digging up some, some of the old roots, tossing out some of the weeds, um, and getting unfrozen, and how do we tie that into... Um, really, that once, for example, when authors have a book out, it's official that you can claim that expertise, but can it be really supported? And will the media identify who you are? So how will audiences come to you, expert, having that expert label certainly is an attractor and a magnet for them. So what are some of the things that we should be looking at, Joan, as we start transitioning into that path of really claiming expertise? Okay, when authors are, I don't even want to say when they publish, when they're even thinking about writing a book, and you and I have talked a lot about this, about authors identifying their target market even before they start to write the book, even before you start to write. I don't want you to view yourself as just an author. I want you to view yourself as an author who is also going to become an expert in your topic if you are not already. 
Now, I'm not suggesting that just because you've written a book, that automatically brands you an expert. It doesn't. But I think it's important that you understand all of the things out there that you can be doing right now, even before you put the first word on paper, to eventually be considered an expert in your field. And, you know, expertise, I, I see a lot of authors, you know, in some of the discussion forums saying things like, well, you know, I wouldn't, I would never try to pass myself off as an expert because I'm not one of the people in the world who knows the most about this particular topic. Well, that well, sounds like the kiss to. of death. That sounds like exactly. a kiss of death. Exactly. I mean, you don't have to know the most about a particular topic. You just have to know more about a particular topic than most other people do. And what a lot of authors don't understand, and this might make you feel a little better if you're a little squeamish about, about becoming an expert, expertise has various levels. View it like the rungs of a ladder. Okay, if you're an expert on the lowest rung of a ladder, you might be viewed as um, somebody who can speak extemporaneously about a topic for maybe 20 minutes and answer questions, uh, basic questions about a topic. And then the next rung of the ladder, it might be somebody who's actually teaching this topic, okay? So you could be teaching it in classes, you could, um, in webinars, on podcasts like you're doing right now, um, and then go up a little higher. You can be actually publishing information on it, and that could be publishing books, uh, publishing special reports, uh, creating videos, and then go up another rung on the ladder, okay? And that might be somebody who has has a has um, a, um, a, a mountain of knowledge that's out there that's been published on a topic and is now starting to be perceived by other people as a recognized expert in their field. And then people are going to start to come to you like media will start to seek you out to have you comment for their articles. Okay, and then the next highest rung of the ladder, it might be somebody who has, um, you know, a, a, a mountain of knowledge on a topic, who teaches it, and then who also is a mentor or a coach and is teaching others in a one-on-one -on -one role that's more in-depth, let's say, than just standing in front of a class. You know, mm -hmm. all the way to the top rung of the ladder, and that would be a rec recognized expert who has been out there in the field for a period of, I'd say, you know, at least 10 or 15 years and has a history, a long track record of accomplishment of having done a whole lot of different things with their expertise. Because expertise is not just about what you know. It's not only about what's in your brain. It's also about what you do with that expertise. Does that make sense? It makes total sense to me. So, you know, I've never thought of the, the rungs of it. So I think it's really a good idea for everyone to identify where you are. So it, it, what I'm taking away here is basically we could almost step into any rung um, and move up into that. Um, yes, I, I, it, because, yes, because you know this, Judith, just from the many authors who you've worked with as mm -hmm. a book shepherd. You 
take on some authors who are ranked beginners at their topic. They just happen to like a topic, mm-hmm. and they start to write about it. And they're at the bottom rung of the ladder, but I'm sure you've had other clients who already have a fair amount of expertise behind them in having done a lot of different things with their topic. And I'm going to use you as an example because I think you're a really good example um, to sort of illustrate what I'm talking about. You have a PhD, correct? Correct. And what do you have your PhD in? Business. In business. Okay. So that's about what you know. Okay, what's in your head? Right. You had to right. to work, you know, to take a lot of classes and and go to graduate school and do your um, your dissertation to get that PhD. Mm-hmm. But beyond the PhD, I can sit here until the sun sets tonight and tick off a whole lot of other things that you have done. Okay, that ties into your business as a book shepherd, okay? You answer questions on your topic. You've written, what is it now, 32 books, 33 books? 33. (laughs) 33 books. You're a blogger. Yeah. Um, You have copyrights. You've done numerous media interviews and have gotten in top-tier media outlets. You're a professional. You've been a professional speaker for a long, long time. You are a guest on other people's Teleseminars and webinars. You teach classes. My heavens, just your the number of events you host alone, I think, is enough to spit to send me into a tailspin because <laughs> I don't host live events, and I know that you host a lot of them. So you are doing a lot of things just beyond that PhD. So expertise mm-hmm. isn't only about getting that degree; it's what you do beyond the degree. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Joan, let me just jump in here because I think for anyone who does have a degree, um, that's, since that my two two primary degrees, one I have both a master's and a doctorate in business administration. So that's where those PhDs are. And yeah. that with that, with that, um, that it comes up, I don't know where that phone is ringing, heck, um, that with that, it, it really comes along and you will uh, be able to take a section of that. Now, both of my, my, my uh, thesis eventually evolved into a book. I was working in the financial field. The thesis then evolved into a book that created several books. The doctorate was I moved into a field that I knew nothing about, and it was from a financial field that I was an expert in, personal finance, but it took me to a level because I had a partner embezzle a million dollars from me, and I lost everything, ended up being homeless lost everything and I went back to school because I had to step in and try to fix a mess she stole the money from and that my passion got ignited dealing with toxic behaviors and people and that's what my thesis dealt with and then I took that and I ran with it and I published a book and I became kind of the pioneer in why women undermine other women so um, you can take those those uh, academic sides and really monetize them and commercialize them. 
Exactly. And wouldn't you agree, too, Judith, as you were talking about this, I was thinking, you know, you can get an academic degree, and that's great. And, you know, how many people know about that? You know, maybe just the people who happen to read your bio or the people who were there on graduation day or, you know, they happen <laughs> yeah. to read your LinkedIn profile, maybe. But beyond that, when you think about the platform that an author builds as they start to do all of these different things that I've ticked off, okay? When you start to teach classes, think about how many more people know about your expertise. Oh, well, there's only that, and you can take the controversy side of it, which I'd like to come back to and even address. How do you deal, Joan? How do you t- take that expertise? Because I was really controversial. I mean, t- people were after me with what I was saying. And what we're going to dig into that, too, because I think all of our listeners need to understand, even if they're contrarian, you can really roar with that. I'm Judith Bryles. My guest is Joan Stewart. We'll be right back. This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these. Many of us have dreamed of writing a book. Some of us even have. Then the hard work starts. You'll need an editor. Who will design the cover or typeset the pages? Who will format the ebook? If you're a business owner, consultant, or coach with a serious message and expertise to share, the team of experts at 1106 Design can guide you through the maze. They've helped more than a thousand authors create top quality books and avoid the not so reputable self publishing companies. Learn more at 1106design.com. Then call Michelle at 602 866 3226 1106Design. Is there a book in you or another author you will show you how to create, develop, and publish your book without being hoodwinked? If you already have a book out, you'll find a supportive and brainstorming community that's connected and creative no matter where you live. AuthorU brings in national experts for its book camps and annual author extravaganza held each May. It has regular meetings and delivers webinars for its members on timely topics. Through AuthorU's extensive network, members enjoy exclusive benefits, including significant discounts for a variety of services necessary to publish. The Resource, its online book publishing news magazine, is content-heavy and it's free. If you want to create a book that has pizzazz, punch, and panache, AuthorU is for you. If you're a hobbyist or a casual author, it's not. Join AuthorU today through its website at AuthorU.org. Follow AuthorU on Twitter at AuthorU and on Facebook at AuthorU, where timely author and publishing tips and articles are posted daily. AuthorU, where the author goes to become seriously successful. Impressions are everything in the world of book publishing. Whether your book is an ebook, a print version, or both, your book cover needs to pop, sizzle, and sparkle to immediately capture the attention of your audience. And your book's interior needs to be just as dynamic and reflect the professionalism your readers demand. Nick Selinger of NZ Graphics has won numerous national and international book awards for his cover designs and interior layouts. 
With over 20 years of experience in graphic design, he knows what it takes to create award-winning books and the many promotional pieces that authors need, such as posters, banners, postcards, one-sheets, business cards, logos, and more. Visit ncgraphics.com and see what authors and publishers have to say about their award-winning books and how NZ Graphics can make your book the success it was meant to be. That's nzgraphics.com. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. If you want to write and publish a book, if you want to be successful as an author, your guide to book publishing, everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask, is for you. Stay tuned and you'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Well, with me today is the awesome publicity hound, Joan Stewart, and we're talking about how you become an expert, which is going to be baby step by baby step. And I've always said that that publishing is a marathon. Stop thinking you're going to sprint through it. Um, it's a long, and it's actually, it's more than one marathon. It's a lot of marathons that are strung together, and that's what Joan was talking about. Before I we went to break, I threw out the, the, the issue of how do you, you know, take a controversial topic or your expertise is in something that is contrarian or might tick off a lot of people or raise their eyebrows and you get challenges. So, Joan, what do you do when you're out when you're doing that? Is there some positioning that an author can do? Oh, sure, absolutely. And, you know, you mentioned controversy. If you want publicity, the best way to get it is to be controversial because the media love, absolutely love controversy. They love it, especially the big, like, big, you want to be in a big radio talk show, be controversial. Um, there's a media trainer in Los Angeles who says that radio, big radio shows, they don't like light. They like heat. <laughs> they don't like these touchy-feely, feel-good topics. They want heat. They want topics that make people so mad that they pull over to the side of the road during rush hour and whip out their mobile phones and call the station. So if you can take a position on a controversial topic that ties into your expertise, you will, be, you will get far more attention than if you refuse to take a position. And let me just, let me sort of just pluck an, pluck an example out of the air. Take a look at the furor that has erupted over um, the, the topic of autistic children, okay, and whether they should be immunized, okay? Mm-hmm. If mm-hmm. you've mm-hmm. written a book on autism, and you can take a position one way or the other that children either should be immunized or should not be immunized, you're going to get a lot more attention. Now, are you going to have people arguing with you, and you're going to have people, um, you know, yeah, but that's going to attract a lot more attention. And so what if you're stirring up controversy? Once that starts to happen, the people who are on your side are going to start to join in the conversation. So I'm all for it. I am all for taking a position on controversial topics except for, okay? And mm-hmm. we're taught this in, you know, when, when we become professional speakers. I would never go on the platform and start a political conversation about, you know, whether I'm from a <laughs> 
blue state or a red state and, and how I feel about politics or religion or some of the other things that really don't have anything to do whatsoever with my topic. You want to stay away from those types of things, but you want to take positions on controversial issues that tie into your expertise. And, and let me add to that. When, um, when I was out on the controversy with the women in sabotage, I really, my hook was contrary to popular belief, men don't discriminate. And that got their attention. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. And then they would, you know, tell me more. And I would say, well, women do. If they're going to sabotage or shaft someone, they're going to primarily do it to their own gender. Tell me more. And I was all over Timbuktu with that. There you all, go. All over. And, and what, but, year, what year was this approximately when this came out? Do you remember what, what year it was? Oh, exactly. It was 1987. And that was the first book. And then I had five books. You know, it kept going. And, you know, I, I you know, mwah, to Bill Clinton and uh, Monica Lewinsky and right, and, right. Uh, and, and the, the saboteur of all time, Linda Tripp. But and I really, you know, I really had, had strong feelings. I was very opinionated on what was going on. And, and I would say what I thought about Clinton. I would say what I thought about Lewinsky. But Linda Tripp got my attention. Because Excellent. Of the, did you by any chance, speaking of Monica Lewinsky, did you happen to see the Monica Lewinsky TED Talk? I, I did, and it was excellent. And here's, and I was going to add into that because because she was talking about cyberbullying, yeah. and and some of her mistakes, and I thought it was superb. And so I would I would encourage all our listeners to go to TED Talk, go to YouTube, TED Talks, Monica Lewinsky, um, and that a one side of me wanted to jump in again because I was all over that. But here, you know, and I and I had the pioneering book on this and have did and then deep dove into the healthcare and the toxicity of women, a lot of the women who worked in healthcare. Um, that one of the issues that you have to also determine because I'm not doing that anymore. Anymore. I'm not writing about women in betrayal anymore, mm-hmm. and right. I, d- right. I don't want to reposition myself because I am mouthy. I do have opinion. I can really position it, and I know how to talk to the media. I don't want to be there because all I'm doing is publishing now. So I, I you know, and maybe Joan, you would say, no, no, Judith, go after it. But it's it redirects me in where I don't want to be. Exactly, and you know, and I know that you. I mean, you're, every time I turn around, you've got a book coming out. You're either working on a book or you're launching a book or you're doing something with the book. And you're, you're, you're hosting events and you're doing, you're hosting a cruise and you're doing the extravaganza and you're doing all this stuff. And you're right. What that does is it takes time away from all of the other things. So I think you have to ask yourself, what are the goals that I'm going toward in my business? Where am I trying to get with this business? And what do I need to do to get there? And will media attention, I mean, what if the Today Show called you and they wanted you to, you know, come in in the studio, you know, for an on-air thing? Would you really take off two days no. to go to New York to sit on a, you know, uh, in a set, on the Today Show set, and maybe talk for four minutes on the no. topic of how women sabotage each other? Of course not, because it wouldn't get you anywhere. No, it doesn't take me where. And, and I think that all of you as authors have to really look at there's another side of this because this is where, you know, the publicity side comes in. If you got a call from the Today Show, you say you're working on your book, but it's not available and it's not out. And the Today Show gets gets wind that you're working on this and they say, oh, you got to be here. And they, you know, they the producer is whining and dining you over the phone and, you know, sending you all these kudos that you're just the best thing and you need to come back here and you get seduced and you go back there. You know what? Your four minutes is up. 
And when your book comes out three months later or four months later, the odds that you them paying any attention to you of bringing you back are almost zelch. So yeah. Yeah. you got you to yeah. be tuned into that. It's very important. Yeah. That's it's a your good timing. point. Yeah. Mm. So find out, you know, ask yourself, where, where do you want to go with this book? I mean, what, what do you want this book to do for you? And that's critical. So you need to stay where you're going to be, but you can start, as Joan says, with baby steps. Okay, so what are some of the other things? Now, You, I know you have a laundry list of things that can happen in, in uh, uh, you know, creating your expertise. So maybe we should start. What exactly is an expert? Um, an expert is, and it depends whose definition you go by, you know, an expert <laughs> is a person who knows, a, has a great deal of knowledge about a particular topic, and to my definition is, and also uses that expertise, you know, to further teach, you know, other people. That's what I think an expert is. You know, and they, in other words, you're doing, you're not just learning. You're not, you don't just have it in your brain. You're doing things aside from just learning about the topic. Let me tick off a couple of other things that experts can do. Okay, so you've got a body of knowledge in your head. And again, and Judith, we know this because we're, we've both been in business a long, long time. You're always learning. Okay, and I got to tell you, I am just yes. always learning and fighting technology. I mean, I have Ooh. so many problems with technology, and so I am—I've never arrived, quote unquote. I've never graduated <laughs> from technology school ever, ever. I'm always learning, and you should always be learning about your topic. I don't care what it is. So here are the, some of the things you can do as an expert. Have you thought about consulting? I think there are a lot of authors out there who don't realize that they can sell an hour of their time talking to somebody over the telephone on how to solve a problem. Exactly. Okay. Um, are you, what about being active in a trade association? If that will give you visibility, not only among people within the association, but among people who do business with the association. Have you thought about hosting a podcast or a radio show? Are you creating videos for YouTube? Do you have your own YouTube channel? What about publishing an email tip of the week. It doesn't even have to be a long newsletter, just a quick tip of the week. So many authors are missing the boat on email. They don't want, they don't like email, they get too much spam, and what they don't realize is that if you do it right, you can really earn a reputation as a valuable resource who sends great content via email. You can actually get your audience to look forward to receiving it. Once a week or once every other week. Um, I, you know, yes. Joan, what, what I learned Go from ahead. you also is your expertise really is perfectly designed to create multiple cheat sheets within those that realm of expertise. There are so many roots and branches that can come off that you can just pepper those out there and people gobble them up. Oh yeah, and you know, and as we've talked, a lot of the, a lot of what you do, you don't have to start it from scratch. You don't have to start doing this from scratch. I can take this one-hour radio show that we're doing right now, Judith, mm -hmm. and I can probably create a half a dozen cheat sheets from it. 
And you will. And you know what? When we come back, let's talk about that expertise cheat sheet. (laughs) We have another break. Joan Stewart is my guest. Lots happening in expertise land and authors. is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these. Since 1987, Color House Graphics has set the standard for quality book production. Whether you decide to print a small quantity of books or need a large print run, depend on Color House to help you. You'll receive professional help and advice the moment you reach one of our representatives. If you mention hearing about us on your guide to book publishing with Judith Bryles, we will provide you with discount on the first order you place. To speak with a project manager, call us toll-free at 800-454-1916 or visit us at www.colorhousegraphics.com. With quality programming, this is Tokinet Radio. When Ned Thompson and Harry Shore started Thompson Shore in 1972, they believed employees with great character would make up the best company. They were right. They hired people who were not only experts in bookmaking, but who were obsessed with quality and delivering exceptional customer service. Almost 40 years later, Thompson Shore remains a 100% employee-owned company. Ned and Harry knew that successful customer projects are a direct result of empowered employees. We specialize in all books for large and small publishers. Creating beautiful and well-made books, we're dedicated to pleasing our customers by making the experience a good one from start to finish. The personal touch we have with our customers allows us to be innovative in solving their most difficult challenges. Our platform also ensures that we can remain flexible to meet our customers' unique needs and expectations. Our marketing kit can create buzz for your title, enhancing the promotion of your book during infancy. When you need to test the market to gauge your future sales, we can provide digitally printed books that will transition seamlessly into a larger offset run. From ebook to hard copy to delivery, our skillful customer service teams are at the ready to answer your most pressing questions. At Thompson Shore, we know that making the highest quality books requires more than just best technologies. It requires superior customer service, professionalism to the trade, and commitment to environmental and social values. With these standards of excellence in place, you can be sure that we will always help you put your best book forward. publishing everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask coming up you'll hear more about statistics scenarios and strategies on what to do now to get you published so let's get back to the show and here again is your host dr judith bryles oh cheat sheets (laughs) that's where we took the the break and by the way i want to let everyone know joan is not going to do one session at the author you extravaganza may 7th through night she is on a couple of sessions um where she'll be really deep diving in her expertise she'll be around the whole time you can pick her brain you can sit her table round there's just so much to do she will be in our author shark tank 
um, and you want to be there. So if you haven't registered, go now. Use the code AU, capital A, capital U, 2015, AU 2015. Register because you listen to us. You get to register at the member rate and save, that will save $100. And then secondly, use the second code of AU 2015. And you will be able to save another $100. You want to be in Denver, Colorado. Airfares are still low right now. In fact, I saw something on Frontier that said, book a flight and take another, put in the code 22 and you get another 22% off. So what the heck? Yeah, okay, that's Joan. something. Yeah, it is a kick. Okay, so, Joan, we were talking about on the expertise that you said that there was a way to take something and then create a whole bunch of varieties that would expand and support the expertise. And, of course, that's that being mentioned in books was one. Yes, and um, I, I think being mentioned in books is a great way to become a recognized expert. So, Right now, Judith, I'm thinking I may even write a blog post about this. Six, seven mm-hmm. ways to be mentioned in other people's books. Mm-hmm. Okay? That, that could be a cheat sheet. And um, I've been mentioned in, a, in more than 60 books on publicity and marketing and small business promotion. And I'm always amazed that when an order comes through, I'll, I always ask on the order form, what did you hear about me? And they'll say, you know, in Stephanie Chandler's book or in, you know, John Kramer's book or in somebody's book, maybe that's somebody, maybe that author somebody who I've forgotten about because I was in their book 12 years ago, but the, the book is still on the shelf and somebody picked it up. So think of ways that you can take your content and repurpose it into a variety of different formats. For example, I could take this one-hour interview, I could get it transcribed, and I could chunk it up into four or five blog posts. I would do a series of blog posts over over a week. Okay, and and it doesn't take, cost a lot of money to have them transcribed. Go over to Fiverr.com, F-I-V-E-R-R.com. You could probably get a whole hour transcript, uh, one hour podcast transcribed for maybe sixty bucks. Okay, like a buck a minute. And to pay sixty dollars to have four or five blog posts? Are you kidding me? That's a steal. Now, you have to edit all this stuff, and you have to upload it to your blog, but so what? You know, I don't want to have to sit here and write five blog posts. You can then take one of those blog posts, just one, and Judith, you'll love this one, and I know you do this. You can take that one blog post, and you can chunk it up into 15 tweets. Oh, easily. Absolutely. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, then this, you can is, take, this is what we do, uh, you know, after our shows. I create right. a bunch of tweets. <laughs> you know, I love Twitter. <laughs> and we right. push it up. We push, we put it, push out post the show, all the podcasts, and that's where a lot of our listeners come from. Right. Then you could take five tweets that are all related on the same topic, and you could create a quick YouTube video either a talking head video or a slideshow Mm -hmm. video or something for your YouTube channel. Now, remember, this is all the same content, okay? You're just repurposing it in a different format. So when you go to create content to create to promote your expertise, you don't always have to start from scratch. Look back to see what you've already done that can be repurposed. 
And and that's critical, you know. And I should say that the tweets are interesting, and um, I've you know been behind the whole Twitter. I like the way Twitter works. I like fast, short, move it out, blah, you're over with it. And that I one of the little books that I did last week. I went out to our our uh, speakers, and I said, "Hey, give me a bunch of tweets, and we're going to put together what's called an, an aha book." And there were actually it, it's done, and we will have it next week polished up that can be redone. And using the hashtags, really took it in and put it into the areas of different expertise that that you had. You could take, you could create a Twitter book, just a Twitter book. For example, of all your quotes or your ahas or whatever you bring into play, or as Joan says, she takes she could take a podcast, she could have it transcribed, and she has you know half a dozen new blogs that she could create off that. She could then create a bunch of one lines and rebroadcast that out basically for just her time, and then have it come back, and she could be identified as that. It's something you know I didn't didn't intend to mention today, but just dropped in. You can do this stuff. It's there. Oh, exactly. And, you know, then you mentioned the hashtags. And I don't know how many of your listeners are aware of what hashtags are, but if you're not using hashtags, you are missing a golden opportunity to be to have your content found online. Um, do you want to explain, Judith, what a hashtag is real quick before we go well, on? Sure. Hashtag is a pound sign, you know, anywhere you have a pound sign, but you use that in a line or you could do it. You could make a statement um, or you could do a posting on Facebook or Google Plus or wherever you're going to do it or in a title in an article, title in a blog, certainly within your first paragraph. So so it gets picked up. But what it does is that let's say you're writing something, um, you're an expert on change. You would put Whatever you, you wrote a line, you know, ch- you know, change is inevitable. You would put a hashtag in front of change is inevitable. So people who follow change, um, who are looking for search, it could be a reporter. It could be someone who is doing their own research. It could be someone who is coping with change. And they could go into the search engines and literally put hashtag change and this would start coming up. And depending upon how what kind of clout you have, um, it will make all the difference in the world on how your searchability, those keywords. So you would use a hashtag in front of a keyword. Now, let me just say, because I use my example that change is inevitable. If you are sending something out, a lot of people don't realize this, that if you put a hashtag in front of the first word of any sentence that begins it, it will not amplify. You need to put a period in front of it first. Just a little. I don't know if you knew that, Joan. but uh-huh. you, No, I didn't. Okay. Oh, there's your aha. <laughs> so you need to you need to know that um, and and take advantage of it. So hashtags, what they do is direct into a narrow tunnel instead of a broad scattered field in front of a keyword that you want to be identified with or you want to make prominent in your postings. Right. Yes. And if you're not quite sure how what you're talking about, you can just go online and just just search for how to use a hashtag, and there's just there's a ton of content online on it. Um, but we wanted to mm-hmm. let you know that because it's a great way to have your content found. 
Mm-hmm. And and I've written a couple of blogs on it. So if you went on to the authoru.org website and just went down to the very bottom of the homepage and do a search and put in, you know, hashtags, the blogs will come up. Right. So. Okay. So where do we go from here? So we know what these um, experts the, are, and you've got more on your list. I've got, I have a, a, something that I think your listeners might want to know about. So let's say that people start to build their expertise because they start to get out there and do a lot of the things we're talking about. They create content, they start to speak, and how do they let other people know they're an expert? In other words, so where do you refer to yourself as an expert on? I mean, how, what do you, how do you use this word expert? Let me give you a couple of ideas. Certainly in your author bios and your media kit, okay, let's say you're a privacy expert, you're an expert in, you know, privacy. Okay, you called yourself a privacy expert. In your email signature, what about your book jacket? Certainly your social media profiles, and you should all have a Google profile which follows you around the internet. Um, you could you could create you could call yourself an expert in your LinkedIn headline. That's the short little headline that appears right under your name on your LinkedIn profile, certainly in author resource boxes at the end of guest blog posts or articles you're writing for other people's websites. Your speaker introductions, the first two words of my speaker introduction are publicity expert, publicity expert, Joan Stewart, blah, blah, blah because I want to sow that seed in the mind of my audience that I'm a publicity expert and that's why I'm there. Call, I call myself a publicity expert right on my homepage. Um, you can do it in your press releases. You can um, have a short tagline. I often say Joan Stewart, comma, publicity expert. You can do it in book reviews that you mm-hmm. um, are writing for Amazon or some of the book review and book recommendation sites. Um, you can do it on Amazon, in trade association directories, in media interviews, in your elevator pitch, in testimonials you give other people. So Here's one. you start it, I'll- start it and make it a habit. Absolutely, everywhere. Here's one. How about on your name tag when you go to events and you have a little hello, my name is. Great idea. That's a great yep. idea. Mm-hmm. All right. So we have, oh, we're, I, we're, actually, we're coming right up to another break here. So you got a shorty one. We've got 15 seconds. Actually, let's just transition here to our final break. But... Um, how about if we promise fiction authors, because I bet the fiction authors out oh, there could be yes. lost at sea on how to do this. So when we come Perfect. back, why don't we talk about ways that fiction authors can become experts? And many of them are, with all the research they do. We'll be right back. It's Author You, Your Guide to Book Publishing. I'm Judith Bryles, and with me is publicity expert Joan Stewart. This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these. The 
book shepherding concept is simple. The publishing world is changing, and so must you. You need an experienced shepherd and a guide to partner with you as you create, strategize, develop, publish, and achieve your publishing goals. You can't do it alone without paying the price. You can spend your money creating a book that turns out to be so-so, or you can create a book that looks and feels classy, builds your brand, and is a financial success, a bestseller. It's your choice. You choose. You need The Book Shepherd. Publishing is riddled with obstacles, sometimes nightmares for the author. You don't need problems. You want solutions. Dr. Judith Bryles will shepherd you through the maze and the chaos. At times, she's had to step in and rescue a book, a book that has been sabotaged by a publisher or by a publishing service provider or sometimes even the author themselves. Judith Bryles is the book shepherd. If you want to create a book with no regrets, give her a call today, 303-885-2207. That's 303-885-2207 or email her at judith at bryles.com. By the way, Bryles is spelled B-R-I-L-E-S. Follow Judith on Twitter at My Book Shepherd and on Facebook at The Book Shepherd. service is our priority. We are located in Southern Illinois. Our employees have an average of 18 years experience and know that customer relationships are important to our continued success. We have been a short run book printer for nearly 40 years and always stay at the forefront of technology. Our niche is from one to 5,000 copies. Today, we offer digital black and white and four color high speed inkjet printing, a cost effective way to introduce color into your short run titles. We of course offer traditional offset printing as well. Bindery is done in house from adhesive case binding to PUR perfect binding to mechanical binding of all types, including side sewing. We provide warehousing, kitting, distribution, inventory management, a new print on demand facility, streaming browser based ebooks, and bookstore. Call us at 1 800 465 5200 for a quote on your next book project. You can also visit our website at www.tps1.com. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. If you want to write and publish a book, if you want to be successful as an author, your guide to book publishing, everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask, is for you. Stay tuned and you'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. All right, so in the last segment, we just kind of opened up about fiction. So how does a fiction author brand themselves as an expert in fill in the blank? And, of course, the first person that pops into my mind, Tom Clancy, was all over the place as the terrorism expert. And what did he write? Fiction. So, Joan? There you go. I think the fiction authors are lost at sea on this particular topic because when I speak at conferences and some of your conferences that I've spoken at on this, they can't figure out how to do it. So let me give fiction authors a little bit of guidance. You can explain in many, many different ways why you are so passionate about your top topic or your story. Let's say that you have written a book about a child who was adopted, okay? 
And let's say you were adopted, and that's the reason that you wrote the book, because you felt strongly about the topic. You can become somewhat of an expert on the topic of adoption. I mean, even if you weren't adopted, even if that's only what you wrote about, you can you can offer that as the topic that you want to um, educate people on. Um, you can teach a class or a workshop related to a topic in your book. There's a wonderful book I read called Downward Dog about a uh, yoga teacher in New York City who is the yoga teacher to the top one fraction of 1% of the rich people in New York, and it's a great fiction book. It was written by Edward Vilga. He is a yoga instructor, and he's an expert on yoga, so his expertise ties into the book. Mm -hmm. Here's another one. Think of a campaign for a cause or an issue that you have written about that you want to support. Let's say that you wrote about somebody whose um, identity was stolen, okay? And there are some proposed identity theft laws in some states throughout the United States. You can take a position on, on, the, on, on those proposed laws. You can also lobby for a law that you might want changed, okay? Gun control is a... No, talk about a controversial topic. If you have written um, about, you know, a mass killing in your fiction book, you may want to lobby for changes in gun control legislation. Okay, um, you can educate people about the main problem or conflict that's within your novel. What's what's the actual conflict, and what do people need to know about that? Here's another one. Take a look at the city, the state, or the region where your fiction takes place. Um, if it's a place where you've had to do a lot of research on that particular area before you could write your book, can you be considered an expert in talking mm -hmm. about that city, state, or region? Sure. Possibly. Sure. Yeah, well, so those are just some ideas. Well, the, the reality is that fiction, especially the historical novels and the romance novels, and a lot of them they do actually some deep diving into their research for their locations. The, I mean, some of these locations become characters in the books that they do. Yeah. Yeah. And they just know it intimately that they really could chat up. I mean, they'll know the folklore. They'll know where the skeletons are buried. They'll know everything that could be just really a juicy piece that maybe, you know, there's some profile going on that someone is doing a story about that you could provide that inside tip that no one knew about. Exactly. And so while you're doing your research for your fiction novels, be thinking about ways that you can use the little nuggets that you're uncovering in your research, even if those little nuggets don't make it into your book. They could mm. be golden nuggets that would be perfect for a cheat sheet or a blog post or a media interview or something like that. And you don't need to take all the, the information that doesn't make it into the book and keep it on the cutting room floor. You ought to be picking up all of that stuff to take a look to see how you can repurpose it. No question about it. I mean, the idea of a cheat sheet about, the, you know, what, what you really didn't know, you know, the, it's the rest of the story. 
the rest of the story that that was you know so popular for so many years so that's great those are great ideas so those of you in fiction you're not left out you're not on the stream at all. There's plenty of ideas that you can do to label your pers- yourself as a go-to person um, for for backstory. Because every right. non, you know, every everyone is always looking for backstory um, when they're doing a lot of news pieces. Whether whether it's online, whether it's you know the the the, the typical traditional, or they're doing they're doing a writing piece. Although there's less and less writing, at least in printed format that we see. But it's certainly all over. There's a lot of writing going on. Online matters. So don't forget about that. And you should be researching those pieces to see if you can contribute to them. Yes. So we're going to recommend that. All right. Any other tips we have? We have about, oh, maybe six minutes, Joan, that we could do some wrap-ups here of what we can do. Mm-hmm. Remember I talked, Judith, about how um, even if you're already an expert in your topic and you have a long history of expertise, that you should always be learning? Mm-hmm. I would like everybody, regardless of where you are on the ladder of expertise, to, to make a list of three or four people who are well-respected experts in the topic that you also want to become an expert in, and I want you to follow them. Okay, and that means either subscribing to the RSS feed of their blog or following mm-hmm. them on Twitter. Take a look at the content that they are creating, and um, it's a way for you to always be smarter because I just think that if you think you've arrived, <laughs> somebody's going to just leave you in the dust, your competitors who are always out there learning and always becoming better at what they do are going to leave you in the dust. Um, the Harvard Business Review, I found a quote um, in that magazine, and it says, Becoming an expert begins with deciding whom you will acquire knowledge from and how. So mm. go find some experts to follow and pay attention to what they're doing. Follow them for four to six months and then go find a couple more in areas that you think you're weak in that you need to get stronger in. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you know... Then- yeah, and I would say also when you're doing that search, that you know that experts in what field also use the phrase top influencers in a certain field because those things get interchanged often. Those words. Absolutely, influencer is a real big word out there right now online. I also want to reference Judith um, a wonderful white paper from our trade association, the National Speakers Association. It was written many years ago, and for those of you who want to become speakers, I would highly recommend you do a search for this online. It's real easy to find. It's called the Expertise Imperative. Mm. It's about a 12-page white paper, and it was written by uh, one, two, three, four, five big, 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 very successful speakers in NSA, and they delved into the whole topic of expertise and what you need to do as a speaker to become a recognized expert in your field. And some of the material that I took for um, our podcast today, I have taken from this white paper, and I've taught a lot of this too, and I think it's wonderful, and it lays out the various levels of expertise. So just Google the expertise imperative and read this 12-page white paper, and you'll learn a lot more about what makes a speaker an expert. 
Well, that's great news. Yeah, I actually I'll make that one of my tweets. But um, you know, it's not. Like, and I, and I think that what's important for all of you, whether you're a nonfiction or fiction, is you really need to think about speaking, because that moves books. It's the number one thing that moved books for me, and that that it's what I love about book sales when you're speaking is that they are number one. No one returns them, <laughs> and, and they pay you right there <laughs> right. on the spot. Which which is really lovely, and it it really does help the <laughs> help bring it all about. Um, okay, and Judith. So an author, so an author hears that, and they come back to you and say, "I could never imagine myself in front of a room mm. of three hundred people speaking." What do you tell them? Get over it. That would be the first thing I would say. Get over. It, and then come back to. I mean, some of them are nervous, Nelly. Some of them just, you know, are petrified. So you, you, maybe you have to work with someone to to directly do that. But you just go back to what is your area of expertise, and then, then there are perfect ways to structure a speech. Um, do that, and you just think it was a sandwich. You know, what's exactly. what's an opening comment? And, you know, my advice is. You know, there's probably a Toastmasters near where you mm-hmm. live, and it's yep. free. Join Toastmasters. They will teach you how to speak, and they will teach you how to communicate that passion. And the other thing I tell people is you don't have to speak before a room of 300 people. No. You can be a speaker and do workshops for groups of 30 people like I do. That's my specialty. Well, that's right, and some people do far better with a few versus, I mean, I've spoken to audiences with 5,000 in it. I don't do really great with five people, um, ten people. That's not my really thing, although I have done that many, many times. What I like is high energy and, you know, a lot of things going on. So I'm really comfortable. You need to find out where you're comfortable. Maybe 16 is your magic number or 20, but find right. out what works best for you. And is it really casual? Is it a formal deal? Do you kind of sit down and let's have a, you know, a, a chat type thing? Or is it something where you really do have some formal stats with that? And Joan, we, obviously we ought to do a, a whole present thing on presentations, but we're out of time today. So You'll have thank, to have me back again. I will love to. Thank you for being with me, the publicity expert, Joan Stewart. And get out there and write. Come to Denver for the Author You Extravaganza. Joan and I would love to meet you in person. Go to authoryou.org. I'm Judith Friles. Have a great week. Thank you for being a part of your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Each week, a variety.